0: This is First Words with the Reverend Matthew Waite. This is the official podcast of First Lutheran Culver City. It's a podcast that helps us to consider what it means to do the work of God's kingdom. I want you to think of relationships that have gone sour in your life. This could be relationships that were once close and are now distant, but it could also be relationships that never even got off the ground and went straight to tents. Perhaps it is an old friend to whom you haven't spoken in many years, or maybe a relative that you have avoided since some fateful family gathering. It could be your boss, or perhaps just that coworker one cubicle over. Maybe you're even thinking of a former best friend or an immediate family member. I imagine I'm not alone in being able to think of more than a few relationships that aren't what they were, or relationships that simply never became what they could have been. And so today, I want to talk about reconciliation. Let's first be clear on what reconciliation is. It would be easy and even convenient to try and say reconciliation is merely reaching a place of understanding and going two separate ways. However, this is merely the formal cessation of a relationship. The relationship is still tattered. Rather, reconciliation is the restoring and healing of a relationship. It means that the best friend that you haven't spoken to in a year can once again begin receiving that weekly phone call so you can catch up and care for one another. Reconciliation means when you show up at the next family event, you embrace that family member that left screaming from the previous gathering. I believe we can all agree that reconciliation sounds great in theory, but when thinking about specific relationships and what we would need to do in order to repair them, reconciliation gets uncomfortable quickly. So it benefits us to consider just why reconciliation is so difficult. If reconciliation is being discussed, then by definition it means the relationship is in the negative, that one or both parties have been alienated. It would be easy to start at ground zero, but reconciliation isn't starting new or starting over. Rather, it's starting from a place of pain and often animosity. So for reconciliation to take place, it means that there must be an admission of fault and a sacrifice. Perhaps both parties are at fault and need to own up to the wrongdoing, and both parties need to sacrifice and set aside feelings of anger and offer forgiveness. But it's also possible that one party has done the lion's share of wrongdoing, and therefore has a greater responsibility in confessing fault, while the other person must bear a greater weight in offering forgiveness, and perhaps even the difficult work of reaching out to begin reconciliation. Also implicit in the admission of guilt is the responsibility to right that which was done to harm the other. Reconciliation is not merely making nice, it requires us to correct past wrongs, and seek to live differently today. This work is hard, and it takes time. Just coming together to discuss sins, to admit fault and offer forgiveness, doesn't mark the completion of restoration, but it is the first step on a long road to rebuild trust. To top off the difficulty of seeking reconciliation, it is often the case that the stronger a relationship once was, the harder it can be to overcome the divide and seek restoration. As we consider the weight and difficulty of reconciliation, it may be easy for us to dismiss it saying, it simply isn't worth it. We aren't actively fighting, so why do we need to bother? We need to bother with it because it is a ministry to which God calls us. In 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verses 18-21, to it says, All this is from God, who through Christ reconciled us to himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, in Christ God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them, and entrusting to us the message of reconciliation. Therefore we are ambassadors for Christ, God making his appeal through us. We implore you on behalf of Christ be reconciled to God, For our sake he made him to be sin who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. When we were enemies against God, when our relationship was in tatters and even before we knew to confess our offenses, he took upon himself the work of sacrifice. Christ died so that we could be reconciled to God. He has restored our relationship without our even lifting a finger. But he has not merely done this for our own sakes. As we just heard in St. Paul's letter, we have been reconciled to God and in turn have been called to the responsibility of reconciliation in our daily life. We are the righteousness of God, making his reconciliation known to the world. For when we are at odds with our neighbor, with our former friends and colleagues and family, how can we show them compassion? How can we show them love? But when we seek reconciliation. When we live out the gospel and seek the difficult and long work of rebuilding relationships, then we are living out the gospel in the ministry to which God has called us. As we have seen, we are called to reconcile our individual relationships and our individual lives. But as Christians belonging to a church body, it is not only an individual activity. As the people of God and the community of God, we are not only at work seeking restoration in our individual relationships, We are also called to do this as a people. Where there are divisions in our congregations, in our communities, in our cities, in our states, in our country, and in our world, the Church of God is to seek reconciliation. We are to band together and do what we can to encourage not merely a cessation of hostilities or that two parties go their separate way, but that communities would be healed and come together in grace. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called children of God. When we see reconciliation in this larger way, it helps us also to appreciate just how difficult and risky of an endeavor it is. When we see reconciliation as a communal activity, it means we are working to overcome damage that may have been done generations ago that still weighs heavy on a community. Yet we must still pursue this difficult and uncomfortable work. For only when God's love softens our hearts and brings us together can we truly show our love and compassion for our neighbors. That's it for today's episode of First Words. Be sure to click subscribe so that you don't miss this, the official podcast of First Lutheran Culver City.